It's not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace None in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, safe. it's not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace None in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George Bukai, Straight Talk Wrestling. We're here again, and I got a good one. I got a lady who's been making a lot of waves lately, had some very impressive matches in the last couple of months, and I'm excited to bring her to Straight Talk Wrestling. Let's not waste any more time. Please welcome Ray Lynn to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you? I'm good, and this is my little guy, Star-Lord. He just came over to see what was going on over here. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. My daughter would flip out right now because we have a little Pomeranian poodle as well. She's all white, and um, she is... Okay, so a uh, dog story, because since we're both dog owners now, we've connected on that. She is... <laughs> I'm surrounded by women in my house. It's my beautiful wife, my two mm -hmm. beautiful daughters, and my dog. The only one in the family who pays me any attention right now is my four-year-old. But every time I go okay. near the dog or I touch the dog, the dog just growls at me. I'm the only person she growls at. Nobody else. And I don't know why. I'm a dog owner my whole life. But this dog <laughs> and I, we do not see eye to eye. And my wife not says it's friends. my fault. Well, she says it's my fault. She says I'm too aggressive. Because when I when I pet her, I'll be honest, Ray, Ray Lynn, when I pet her, I start, you know, rubbing a little hard and I'll put her in a headlock and I'll give her noogies. <laughs> that's my fault. Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. What do you think? What's your opinion? Am I too aggressive with the dog? Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. My boyfriend always says I'm pretty aggressive with our dog. I like to wrestle around. He's like eight pounds. He's a Shih Tzu. And I like to wrestle around with him, but he loves it. But it's probably who he is as a dog. Like he likes them. He always plays with bigger dogs. So he roughhouses a little bit more. He's not like, he might be a little guy, but he doesn't see that in his eyes. Like he thinks he's a big dog. Well, and that's right though, but you've taught him enough that if he ever gets to do a real serious throwdown with a big dog, he'll be able to handle himself. Yeah, he can handle himself. There you go. That's right. And his name is Star-Lord, <laughs> you said? Star-Lord? Star-Lord, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's shout out to Marvel right there. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I know you debuted in 2013, right? It was a mixed tag match, if I'm not mistaken, if I've done my research correctly. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, I think that's it. A lot of people have it confused because the first time I actually debuted on OVW TV was against Lady Tapa in a squash match. So yeah, my actual first match was the mixed tag match. Uh, it was an OVW homecoming. There you go. So good I, job. I, got I, always, right. I forget it too. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've, you've had an amazing uh, career. You've wrestled all over. Um, but some of the most uh, matches that I remember you from is I remember you actually from 2017. You had a squash match with a lady I'm not really a fan of in WWE. You had about a one minute match mm -hmm. with Nia Jax. I'm not a big fan of Nia Jax just because I find her to be a wee bit overrated in terms of the skill level with all the rest of the women in the division. But I do remember you from that match. I actually went back and watched the clip and I think it was a little bit unfair. I, I don't like those squash matches because I think that the up and coming talent or the talent in the area should get a chance to shine when they're given those spots. But I do too. Like and that's why I so think overshadowed. It's kind of cool how like AEW is doing the dark thing now because they are giving local talent time to shine. So that's kind of cool. I hope uh, other places follow suit with that. And like I've had some matches at Ring of Honor as well. And they at least let you be a little bit of your, I mean, they let you be yourself in it. And I think that's cool. 
Absolutely. And it's, and it's a little bit more creative freedom, especially in those, in those mm-hmm. other organizations. Like I love ROH. I know a lot of the wrestlers over at ROH have had them on the show. They're just a fantastic group of people and they're all passionate about the same things that we are, which is just the business creating and telling great stories. And I just and wish, yeah, exactly. And, and kick-ass wrestling because ROH does have some of the best. And, and it sucks when, when you're kind of in this, this whole thing, because ever since, you know, 2019, there's just been this war apparently brewing. Everybody wants another, you know, war between WWE and AEW. That's all brewing, but it's not letting the talent shine. And I love dark. I love dynamite, but I love dark a little bit more just for that reason where the local talent and the up and coming talent, they actually do have a place to shine. I like it. It's kind of like, um, we were discussing this the other day with my boyfriend. We're like, it's kind of more like, it's like being at an indie show. It's raw. It's not. Um, it's not like super over produced. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like being at an indie show. It's like the creativity. You can tell that they're letting them be them. And that's, that's cool. Yeah, and that's the one thing you you never want, especially when you get those break breaks. You don't want your creativity to be stifled. But yours has it. And a couple matches that I've watched. Uh, I discovered you December. December of 2020, you had an awesome match with La Rosa Negra. Okay. Mission Pro. It was you versus La Rosa Negra. And that's- okay, yeah. That was just a little, uh, that was a like little dark match we did. Just, we had some extra time and we got in the ring and just filmed something that was for title match, right? Yeah, it was for title match. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I love the beginning when you two are, you're introducing and she walked out, she kind of shook her butt. You're like, now that's a butt. I appreciate that. That's a butt. <laughs> and you guys had a great match and you told a great story. And I really thought there were a couple of times where I thought you were going to pull it out, but she ended up getting the win over the submission. And that submission looked, yeah. it looked pretty uncomfortable. So I don't know if you remember, but she kind of puts her leg over your throat oh. and kind of pulls back on the shoulder. It looked like it hurt. And uh, you yeah, I have so many matches. I forget, like, I don't really remember everything that happened. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you can take my word. That's the first time that I discovered you. And I actually watched the match because I know La Rosa Negra. I, I followed her career for a little bit. She's awesome. She's yes. one of those people that, like, I'm really happy. Uh, Thunder Rose is an awesome person, right? And, like, she's one of those people that, like, if you were down with her since day one, she's going to make sure you're taken care of. So La Rosa Negra is one of her good friends. And I really see that she's like getting her to get out there more because she needs to be out there more she's just incredible in the ring she absolutely is and, and both of you i think told that great story and another match speaking of which you talked about another one was about a month ago it was you versus thunder rosa mission pro mm-hmm. that was a fantastic match i loved it from bell to bell i thought you two had great chemistry you told a great story and um that uh that stomp on the back that unfortunately ended your night for you and she got uh, in but um you guys, you guys told a great story, and, and, and I, she's Thunder Rose is a former guest of mine. She's a fantastic talent, and I just love – I'm very pro women's wrestling because I have two daughters. I'm a proud girl dad, and I want to show them that women can shine in any capacity, whether it be sports, Absolutely. anything. I don't want them to ever think that they can't do anything because that's impossible. And my, my 11-year-old has really taken that ball and run with it. She's actually the mini host. I have her do little segments with certain wrestlers that's on oh, her that's YouTube awesome. page. Yeah, and she she does it way better than me. She's more professional than <laughs> I am. She says, welcome to the show. But she's just, she's fantastic. She's the future of podcasting. Uh, that's what we all tell her. And she's got herself a very strong following now. But I love showing her these matches. And I love showing her these amazing athletes that are telling these great stories. So for you, it's well, got to be I, exciting. 
because you're in the mix of that this i'm not going to say evolution or revolution because we're well past that you're in the mix of now it's here and now it's happening and now it's, it's but it's i would say it is though because when i started was around seven eight years ago and it wasn't it wasn't there yet it wasn't it was mm-hmm. still whenever i was learning i remember them telling me oh this is something you'll never do but we're just going to show you how to do it anyways but it's like why would i never do that so i i did train initially and then i had to train again later like two years down the road whenever things started like evolutionizing or whatever and I had to learn more it was just it wasn't okay to just like rely on being a cute girl like you couldn't do that anymore so it has changed a lot since the time I started and it keeps evolving which is pretty cool um and it's awesome to be in that mix it I posted something about this the other day my mom has always been really awesome she's always been an inspiration to me I started karate when I was four. I started kickboxing when I was 10. I played, I was the only girl on my deck hockey team. Uh, I always played sports and sometimes I was the only girl on the team, but my mom never said, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl. My mom was always like, you can do whatever you want. You can take over the world. This is yours. Do what you want. So I think that's really awesome to have like a strong, positive female um, role model like that. And then my stepdad as well, he always encouraged me. He was my coach a lot of the time. So I thought that was awesome. Absolutely. And, and, and do you find, because like you said, you were in the mix when things were just kind of starting, it wasn't where it is now. And now it's very apparent. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the Indies caught on first about how talented most of these women are and then it transitioned into the bigger companies? Or would you say everyone kind of evolved at the same time? So I think the impact was really pushing the limit with the women's wrestling first. They were letting the women be creative. They were letting them be who they were. They had segments that were longer than three minutes. They're having cage matches. They were doing it all. Um, I remember one of the first matches I saw when I started wrestling school, it was because OVW and Impact were together at the time. Mm -hmm. So one of the first matches I saw was uh, Gail Kim and Taryn Terrell. I was, I can't remember what the, um, pay-per-view was but they beat the shit out of each other and they went hard and it was really inspiring to see them just go like that especially after I had been told like oh you probably won't do anything like that and it's just like they just kicked ass like they stole the show in my eyes so I think impact kind of started the whole trend and, and and that's and that's kind of been a steady stream for them because they started this trend trend in, in making women not be a second second fiddle or pastor seat. It was like, no, mm-hmm. we're going to stand here, we're going to kick ass, we're going to take names, and we're going to own it. And they also did that by being the first company to ever have uh, the first ever female heavyweight champion. So they've broken down yeah. barriers, and hopefully everyone else wakes up and sees where they've started the upward trend. But I knew the answer, and I knew what you were going to say, and I agree with you 150% impact all the way. And actually, speaking of a role model, I consider you to be a role model. And it's because of one of these quotes that I seen on your Twitter. And it was, quote to young wrestlers, the best advice I can give to any young wrestler is don't be afraid to move on from where you first started. Wrestling has many flavors of ice cream, and you can't get them all at the same store. Move around, learn from new people, but do your research on who is training you. And I thought that was the most simplistic way to describe it. You're right. You can't get all, I mean, you could go to Baskin Robbins and get 31 flavors, but it's not the only 31 flavors in the world. Yeah. I mean, what if you want soft serve? What if you want froyo? Like there's so much going on, you know? 
So I started at OVW and I learned really solid basics from Nick Dinsmore. I learned a lot about character from Al Snow and I learned so much from them and I credit them for a lot of who I am today. But I moved on, like I went and trained with Truth Martini in Detroit and he made those um, basics I learned. He made those like solid fundamentals. I moved to California. I trained with some people out there. I learned a little bit more movement there. Um, I was able to, when I went to Japan, I was able to put my martial arts background more into my wrestling. So it's just everywhere I learned, I took these little things that I already knew how to do, but I was more, I was able to put them together and become more of a complete performer. I think if you're staying in one area, you're going to get very stale and you're not going to really learn much. I think you need to work with as many people as you can. I think you need to work with people that have been around longer than you. You need to ask questions. You need to train. You need to train with all different people and you just learn and you can it's not just A, B, C, D, E, F, G wrestling, right? It shouldn't be that way. It, it should be, I don't know, like I get excited every time I have a match because I'm like, oh, this girl learned from this person. They have this experience. I have this experience. And it's like creating something like a painting. It really is, but like not a paint by number. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually call <laughs> it, I call wrestling the great dance when you have two uh, amazing talent staring at each other across the ring and you're telling a story just with movement there absolutely is no words yeah okay there's the occasional trash talk and somebody's mm -hmm. in the corner you're like ah, i got you or i'm gonna kick your butt or whatever but it's literally telling this great story without any words it's all visual and it is one of the most breathtaking art forms you will ever see and if you're not a wrestling fan or you're not in the business or you're not somebody who knows the business then you don't know what you're missing the first thing you ever, when you ever try to talk to a non-wrestling fan about wrestling, first thing you hear, ah, it's all fake anyways. No, it's not. There's real risks that are involved. There's real movement. There's real training involved. You don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a wrestler and hop into a ring. Some people have. No. Some people have to learn <laughs> to fly, but you have to train and you have to evolve. And everything you talked about, there's a great wrestler from here where I'm from in Ontario. His name is Holden Albright. And he mentioned to me when I, I know him. him. Yeah, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Toronto early on. Yes, that's right. You did mention. So you're an honorary Canadian. So that's good. Well, yeah, then, 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 <laughs> then there's no, I don't have to worry about that. You're going to know a lot of the names that I mentioned, but he, when he was on my show, he mentioned something called level up moments. And I told him that I was always going to steal this when I found the right person to ask the question, but you mentioned so many different level up moments. You learned a little bit of training here. You were able to incorporate your kickboxing and martial arts training when you went to Japan and all these things. But what would you consider out of all those moments and all those brains that you picked and all those different styles and things you learned, what would you consider to be one of your greatest leveled up moments when Ray Lynn really jumped to the next level? Um, I would say what made me, I can tell you the exact moment I knew I needed to be better. It was, I did a rise seminar um, and Mercedes Martinez was doing the beginning training she was doing the warm-up drills and then I watched Mercedes perform later that night and I was like wow just like blown away like she just knows so much wrestling and she's so good and, and it's really awesome to see her getting a break now at WWE so like good for her but watching her is something that inspired me to know that I needed to train harder and I needed to work harder and I just think like I was saying you need to be more well-rounded like yeah you know how to do this but you should know how to do everything I'm not saying you need to do everything, but you should know a little bit about everything. Absolutely. So that was about 
I think that was around 2017, 2018, whenever I really was like, okay, I'm gonna put this into overdrive and I'm gonna start training harder and I'm gonna start training with more people. Well, and you, and you have, like I said, the matches that I've, I only discovered you in December, but you made me a fan. That first match that I watched with you in the Rose Negra, I love the story that was told. I loved everything about your character, how you carried yourself in the ring and your professional, your professionalism, much like you enjoyed my email. You don't do these things often, mm-hmm. but when I, That's why out, I did it, <laughs> yeah, when you reached out, you were like, I appreciate the professionalism and, and, and for a, a, an indie podcaster like me, cause I'm not mainstream like Sam Roberts or, you know, Paul Rosenberg or any of those guys. But for an indie podcaster like me, when somebody tells me that, that means I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm putting in the right work and I'm making the right moves. So I, I wanted to thank podcasts. you. Because most people do, they ask me like the same questions all the time. And I just feel it really monotonous and I just, I don't feel like doing it in it. I, yeah, it's like my, I have a little bit of free time. Like I could be cleaning something. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like, so I hope my questions are okay. That I hope I haven't asked no, the same monotonous good. one. You're good. But there've been times like, I remember I did this one podcast and it was a friend of a friend and I shouldn't have done it. And it ended up being like an hour. And the guy, like, literally, I've never got such an attitude with someone doing something, but they asked the question that they really shouldn't have is about my personal life. And I'm like, why would you even think that that was okay to ask? And I just like went blank and I had no clue what to say. Cause I was trying to stay professional, but it's like, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I don't do that. I always make sure that I, I keep it to wrestling. If the conversation steers itself to the personal side of stuff, I may throw a question in, but it's mm-hmm. never going to be something that overtakes. And that's what I like to remind people is that I don't have interviews. What you and I are having right now is a conversation. That's what we're having. a conversation, exactly. Exactly. So circling back to something you said earlier, because I found this interesting. When you were training, you mentioned a couple of times you were told, I'm going to show you this, but you're never going to you're never going to use it or you're never going to learn this. So you're never going to need to use yeah. this as a, as a, as a trainee, as an up and coming star trying to break into this business, did that stifle you in any way? Or did that make you get even hungrier to say, no, I am going to use this one day. You're just going to wait and see. I just didn't really understand. I was, so I wasn't a wrestling fan going into wrestling. So training was hard for me. Um, my story is way different than other people. I, watched wrestling when I was younger but I was like eh, it was like something I could take or leave I was way more interested in the Power Rangers than the Ninja Turtles my best friend Corey Morgan she loved wrestling so I'd watch it every once in a while but it wasn't my thing um when I was 23 I was bartending in a bar called Cheers and they watched it on Monday nights and I was like guys why are we watching this but I found myself like drawn to it I was like oh this is kind of fun like the characters are fun and like I enjoyed watching it at that point so I'm 23 years old um, my father passed away and I was like, man, my life is so boring. I keep doing the same things all the time. I'm cutting hair during the day. I'm bartending at night. I'm barely making enough money to get by. And like wrestling was on and I'm having these thoughts and I'm thinking like those people like live the life they're traveling, they're seeing everything and they're performing in front of crowds. And like, I had always had like an energy kind of, I would say a charisma or whatever to that drew people to me. And I was like, I think I can do this. Right. So I kept telling my friends, I was like, I think I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And everyone just thought it was something like kind of funny I was saying. And I'm six months after my dad died, I moved to OVW to start training in Louisville um, with Al Snow or Al Snow and Nick Dinsmore. So that's where it all started. So I was very naive going into it. And when someone told me I wasn't going to do something, I was just like, oh, they're probably right. Because I didn't know any better at the time. Right. Right. Um, 
it took me seeing wrestlers like Mercedes Martinez and like Lofisto and Mickey James and stuff like that to realize like, oh, I am going to do this stuff. So I didn't get it at first and it didn't really bother me. And I kind of just went with the, oh, you're not going to do this. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But I would say maybe a year or two into wrestling, I realized I am going to do all this. So that's, that's whenever story. I went and trained well, again. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I, I loved it. I loved it. There's, there's nothing wrong with not being a fan, getting into the business and then sitting there saying, you know what? These people are taking risks. They're, they're traveling all over the world. They're meeting and seeing amazing people. Why wouldn't you want to do that? If you don't have anything holding you back, there's no risk. And I go back to that quote, don't be afraid to move on where you first started. You were in a stagnant place. Nothing was happening. You decided to take a risk. And hey, I think it's paid off in complete dividends. But now I do have to ask you a personal question because you mentioned the Power Rangers and the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Power Rangers <laughs> fan. I'm a Ninja Turtles fan too. So I got to know, okay, who's your favorite Ranger and who's your favorite turtle? So Tommy the Green Ranger and Raphael the Red turtle we just uh we just became best friends uh <laughs> yeah Raphael was my go-to turtle i love the attitude i loved that he was angry he all the time so much attitude i was a, <laughs> a red-headed stepchild like literally i'm a red-headed stepchild so like i had a lot of like anger and attitude growing up i think that's why my mom put me into karate so quick i was so sassy and i really needed they're really big about discipline and that but i had such a i think that's why i like loved Raphael. he had such an attitude and i did too i still have a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that and obviously tommy the green ranger because i guess he started off as kind of villainous but then transitioned into a good guy yeah and also like Whenever I did watch wrestling, I always found myself being more drawn to liking the heels than the baby face. And actually, that's in movies, too. Like, when I watch any movie, I feel like the heel's usually a victim, right? So I look right. at it like, this person, wouldn't, like, Penguin wouldn't have been such an asshole if people would have treated him a little bit nicer. You're right. No, you you're know? right. But you're right. I, I've always... <laughs> Who is that? Is that, uh, That's is my that boyfriend. it's a better half? Okay, right on. You got it right, dude. You absolutely, I agree with her 100%. 100%. So let's, well, let's talk movies and stuff for a while. Let's transition away from wrestling for a bit. In terms of styles of films, what are your go tos? Are you a rom com girl when you're at home? Are you a late night comedy girl? Are you an action girl? Are you a horror movie girl? What's, what's the genre you go to when you're chilling so at home? I unfortunately have to watch horror movies because my boyfriend watches them all the time. I'm I mean, like, him and I just became best friends. Yeah. I can love horror movies, man. He love loves them. them. I'm like, I can take them or leave them. I'll watch them. I feel like I like a lot more action movies. Like I love the superhero movies. I'm a real big fan of Marvel. Uh, don't really care for romantic comedies that much unless like I'm really... After we watched a horror movie i might want to watch one if i'm really freaked out <laughs> i might need something cheesy after right um but we've really gotten more to watching a lot of like uh trashy reality shows like 90 day fiance and 600 pound life we've been stuck on lately so pound life i've never watched that one i i have uh, uh... I'll be honest with you. I feel like we're, like I said, we're best friends after the turtle thing. So yeah, I've watched 90 day fiance. I I've watched an episode or two. My wife and I are still Jersey shore freaks. We, we still love it. You know, <laughs> Hey, the set, the comeback is greater than the setback. Right. I mean, the situation right. is one of the most inspirational people ever for sure. Hands down. <laughs> um, back to wrestling for a second. 
in terms of all the knowledge that you've picked up and in terms of all the opponents that you've had and all the, the great talent that you faced, would you say uh, there's a particular match you can look back at? I know you may not remember it all, but everyone has that ring partner that's kind of great chemistry. When they get in the ring with that person, and it may be multiple times, they just sit there and they go, okay, this I know this one is going to be fire because every other match we've had has been fire. Is there anybody, any other talent that stands out to you? There's a few actually okay. for me that I really, every time I get in the ring with them, I know it's a, I can push myself because I trust them and they trust me and we just have chemistry. One is Zoe Sky. She's an incredibly underrated talent from Ohio. If you get a chance, like definitely look into her. She's incredible. She could wrestle anyone and they're going to have a good match. She's that good. Um, Amanata, she's a newer upcoming talent. She's also from Ohio. I wrestle her all the time. We push each other. Like we really push each other and I love her. She is so like hungry. She just wants to learn more and she wants to do more. Um, she went to Japan right after me, same dojo. So we have, uh, we have a lot of chemistry. Thunder Rosa, every time I get in the ring with her, I know that we're going to push each other to our max. And, uh, She's like, they're all like they're all sisters to me. I talk to these people on like a weekly basis. So anytime I get the chance to share a ring with someone that's like a close friend, I always know I'm going to be like, okay, I'm ready for this one. This is exciting. Sounds like a great crop of, of, of support that you have around you, a great mm -hmm. group of, of talented females. And they all sound like they're amazing. And um, Oh, Holla Dead too. Can't leave her out. I'm sorry, say that one again. Holla Dead. Holla, okay. I don't, mm -hmm. I, that's a name. I, the other three names I do know, but that's a name I don't know. So I'm going to have to look into her for sure. She used to be Thunder Rosa's tag partner. Okay. Okay. Then I do, I do know. I do know. Mm -hmm. I just, I never could put a name to a face. So that's my fault. If she's watching this, I'm sorry. I've embarrassed <laughs> myself as a, as a podcaster. I apologize for that one for sure. Um, in terms of any more advice that you could give, because obviously you've, you've picked up more knowledge as it goes is if there's a young fan out there that's watching this somebody is a fan of you and they're sitting there and they're going i kind of want to take a chance at that or i, I want to make the moves is there any other advice you could give besides the amazing ice cream quote which i still think is great and i'm going to steal that too i'm going to be honest with yeah. you and let you know <laughs> much like holding albright with the level up moments i'm probably going to steal the ice cream quote i will for sure oh no that's okay we're Did good you? Yeah, sorry we're good. my phone's going into low battery i guess i should have charged it but um <laughs> I think it's really important no matter what you do, whether it's you want to be a pro wrestler, you want to be a figure skater, a dancer, I'm also a barber. No matter what you do, you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your education. You have to invest in the way you carry yourself. You have to invest in the way you look. You have to invest in your tools. So anything you do, you need to put your mind to and you need to figure out exactly what it is that's going to make you the best at what you do. And you also need to be a good person at, at the end of the day. Like you need to be able to communicate with people because if you can't communicate with someone, like if I was a dick and someone sat in my chair and I wasn't being very nice to them when I'm going to cut their hair, they probably aren't going to come back to me. But if I can have a good conversation with someone and make them feel comfortable, they're probably going to come back every single time. And I feel like that's really, really important thing in anything you do is being able to communicate with others. Absolutely. I think uh, connecting with people and communicating is the way to do about it. I, mm -hmm. I connect with people and you're right. You do have this energy. I was, I was kind of sluggish this morning. I, I had to get my extra large cold brew to really kind of <laughs> fire it up, but I, I, I feel inspired now. And I think that's a credit to you. So I have to ask this because over here in Canada, we haven't had any indie shows. 
we haven't been able to go anywhere and it's and it's been a dire it's so locked down it, it's been a dire situation here and the only wrestling i get is the internet-based wrestling like searching for matches discovering people like you like i did in <laughs> december because i i was searching for something new salivating for a show and i couldn't get to it you guys on the other hand in the states you have shows you have shows on a regular basis mm-hmm. in front of crowds you also have the stuff you're filming for the internet i mean how good is it to feel like wrestling is pretty much normal over there because everywhere else is not the same it's not um i took a lot of time off this year mm-hmm. uh i have some i wanted to see my family around christmas so i quit wrestling my last match was with thunder rosa back in november i just started wrestling uh, maybe two weeks ago uh i mean with me working in the public the way i do cutting hair i wanted to make sure that i wasn't putting the people that I cut at risk and I want to make sure I wasn't putting my coworkers at risk. Cause if I get COVID and I go in, then my coworker is going to take off until they get their COVID test back, you know? So it just wasn't fair. So I've taken time off. I don't really think things are very normal at all. Um, it isn't. And then like, I'm paranoid. I'm definitely kind of a germaphobe. So then when I go to these shows, everyone wants to like talk and I don't want to be around people and I feel bad. I'm not really talking to fans right now, other than if they send me a message, I'll hit you back up, but I'm not really socially interacting with people much right now. Uh, I'm wrestling only if they have like a COVID procedure in line. So if I feel like I'm not really putting myself at too much of a risk because everyone else is getting tested and we're in a safe little bubble, I'm cool with it. But shows that aren't testing, I'm not doing. Absolutely. And I think safety first and you have to protect, mm-hmm. like, obviously you have to protect your, your clients and your hair and your hair business. You have to protect your family. You have to protect your friends. You got to protect star Lord, even though it's not transferable to, to DOS, you got it. Star Lord <laughs> over everybody else. I mean, I know the boyfriend is important too, but star Lord over everybody else. Everybody. He's my main dude. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question, because I know you used to bartend and I, I mm-hmm. actually enjoy mixology. I'm not a bartender, but I like mixing around flavors and cocktails at home. Uh, I love bar rescue. John Taffer is a God. Oh, absolutely absolutely but in terms of all the drinks that are out there in the world and there's a thousands of drinks mm-hmm. what is one of your favorite cocktails like you're at home you're chilling that's you're gonna easy. watch a horror movie you want to make a drink what what do you, what's your go-to so i like a cucumber fizz it's a gin drink so okay. it's um oh my gosh i have to remember simple syrup gin cucumber um soda water and lime so you muddle the cucumber and the lime, a little bit of simple syrup, some gin and some soda, uh, shake it, stir it. Perfect. It's nice. It's like a nice light, like summer drink and be, or I drink it a lot in the winter too. Uh, it's just a nice light drink. It's a night drink. Very refreshing. It's called a cucumber cooler. <laughs> all right, cool. I'll, my wife, my wife would probably like that. I'll have to make that for tonight. Actually, I've got all those ingredients at home so I can do that. Yeah. Hendrix. Hendrix is the, my favorite gin. Hendrix. Oh, see, I'm a, I'm a Tangeray guy. I do love my Tangeray gin. <laughs> I love it. I love the Tangeray gin. I just think it's refreshing. But hey, Hendrix gin is also just as good as long as it's not beef eaters. If you had mentioned beef eaters, I would have been like, oh, that's raw gasoline. No way. No way. Not, not my thing. I'm also, I'm a tequila drinker mostly, but whenever I'm like, that's just for shots. But if I'm making drinks, I'm a gin person. All right. Tequila, Don Julio. Are you a Don Julio girl? Patron girl? I do like Don Julio. Oh. Yeah. You're awesome. Like seriously, you're <laughs> one of the coolest. I, I, Don Julio Blanco. That is my just- tequila ready to party (laughs) you are you sound like a fantastic person and i hope when the world gets back to whatever new normal and you're allowed to come north of the border there's a show you're going to be at and i can actually meet you in person and and this will be it'll be awesome to continue this conversation in person one day in the future absolutely 
Thank you, George. Uh, thank you, Raylan. I appreciate <laughs> it. Before you go, you want to shout out all your socials and let people know where oh, they yeah, can look you sure. up? So you can find me on Instagram. It's raystar5, R-A-Y-S-T-A-R, in the number five. And then you can find me on Twitter. It's at Raylan, or at underscore, okay, at Ray underscore Lynn. My bad. <laughs> and That's it's only one, one end, guys. All right. That's awesome. Fantastic. And I'm a glutton for self-promotion. So on Twitter, I'm at underscore straight talk on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at straight talk wrestling and on YouTube, I'm straight talk wrestling. So hit up the links, check out the content, support, support, support. It's free to support. So that's a good thing. And hopefully um, when this episode drops, uh, I'll, I'm going to tag you and everything. You can share it away. And again, thank you so much for the time. It was an absolute pleasure and honor to speak with you today. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going.